0: All right, all right, all right, all right. You got me? Amen. Man, everybody doing good? Vicki and I and Megan are leaving this afternoon for camp. Megan is not riding the bus because she's uh, making my grandbaby. And so, so she's doing nothing stressful. We're going to cater to her breakfast in bed. We're taking care of her. She has become the queen of our universe. Until the baby gets here. <laughs> then there will be only one queen. Amen? Or king, whatever. All right. I don't, yeah, praise God. So, y'all do know we're going to have a baby, right? Y'all knew now. So, amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got to, you know, people have asked me if I have grandchildren. Of course, I don't have any. Because if I did, they would be a prayer every Sunday. So, when we have one, you'll know it. Amen? Okay. Uh, two things. I hope you've been reading the book of Galatians with me. If you haven't, jump in. Okay? I'm reading one chapter a day through the month of June. Uh, Galatians is an incredible book. Jump in and read it with me. Uh, I'm reading it out of the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation is very readable. And so it's very easy to read. I cut my spiritual teeth on the King James Bible. Okay, that's what I grew up on. All right, and so I know the King James Bible. A lot of times I know it better than other Bibles. But the New Living Translation is very easy, and it's very readable. So jump in with me and uh, read the book of Galatians. All right, another thing I want to uh, let you know about, make you aware of. uh, There's a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma called Church on the Move. Uh, You can look them up on the Internet by just putting in C-O-T-M. Willie George is the pastor. We go there every year to a conference called Seeds. Well, I've been listening to a teaching series of his called What in the World is Going On? And it's been uh, this, this week. This week, we'll fin- he'll finish it. And it's a five-week series on end times. And it's some of the best teaching I've ever heard on end times. Uh, listen, folks, there's a lot of goofy people saying a lot of goofy things about end times. And you've got to be careful what you listen to. So I want you to know about this. You can put in C-O-T-M... And uh, you can pull it up. And he's been teaching for five weeks on End Times. The title of the series is called What in the World is Going On. And so if you're interested in that, <clears throat> if you're interested in End Times particularly, you will be ministered to and you'll be blessed and encouraged by it. And so I wanted you to know about it. About 95, nah, probably 98% of the stuff that's out there I don't even listen to. Okay. If you're listening to anything that's talking about doom and destruction... If you're listening to anything that's talking about judgment and gloom, stop listening to it because it's not the heart of God. Are you with me? Okay, God never judges the righteous with the wicked. All right, I'm righteous. You're righteous, amen? And my righteousness came from Jesus Christ. I've been judged, okay? My sin has been judged at the cross, so if you're listening to doom and gloom, I would encourage you to turn it off because it's not the heart of God. Now, last week, I started my new series called Truth That Changed Our Life. And I started last week teaching on righteousness. If you did not hear that message, I would encourage you to get online this week. Uh, TCF.Church, right? TCF.Church. It's as simple as it gets. And get online and listen to that teaching. And it will minister to you. It will help you. Now, I know It's summertime. And a lot of you are going to be gone. You're going on vacation. you got things going on. And I'm going to spend the entire summer taking you on a 40-year journey of the things that impacted me as a Christian. The truth that I've learned. The things that I learned along the way that changed my life, changed my marriage, changed my home, changed my mind, changed my relationship with my kids. And I'm going to take you on that 40-year journey. So if you miss a Sunday, be sure and get online and listen to it because you're not going to want to miss what I'm going to have to say each week. Last week, I talked about righteousness. Uh, When I found out that God wasn't mad at me, well, it changed my life. It just changed my life. It changed my prayer life. It changed the way I relate to God. It changed the way I talk to God. I don't beg. I don't plead. I don't moan because I know God's not mad at me. And that changed my life. This morning... I want to talk to you about the next thing that I learned. And again, they're not in order. They're not in order of importance per se. That being said, what I want to share with you this morning, outside of receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior, this truth, this experience, absolutely revolutionized my Christian life. All right, this changed me completely and forever. <clears throat> and it was when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. Now, I grew up in a church that did not teach that, and I don't know if they believed it. They never talked about it. They never talked about it. I'm grateful that they never talked about it uh, because you know how you can learn things and that are not true, and it can be hard to unlearn things. So the church I grew up in never talked about the Holy Spirit. They never spoke against it. They never taught. I just didn't know anything about it. I just knew that Jesus was my Savior because that's what they preached every Sunday. Every Sunday they gave an altar call and uh, would invite Christ into their life. And uh, I did that. And then that's what they taught. and, And that's what I knew. That's what my parents knew. Well, then in the 70s, the charismatic movement began. And the charismatic movement was a sweep or a wave of God moving through churches and through people's lives. And Vicky and I are young married. Uh, we haven't been married very long. We're in our 20s. Now, my grandmother, and you've heard me talk about my grandmother many times, uh, they went to the Assembly of God Church across town, and they believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues. But we didn't go to church there very much. And I always thought they were kind of wild and crazy. And, and so we didn't really know that much about it. So I never received that from them. <clears throat> but when the charismatic movement began, Vicky and I are married. And uh, I feel the call on my life to ministry. Uh, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to do any of that. And uh, I'm struggling in my life. And uh, we attended some meetings at a Holiday Inn in Amarillo, Texas. And the guy that spoke there was named Raymond Bloomfield. Uh, I've never seen him again, never heard of him again. But uh, my grandmother invited me to go to these meetings at the Holiday Inn. <clears throat> and I'd never been to church at the Holiday Inn before. Okay, right? People do things at the Holiday Inn, but it usually wasn't church. Amen? Uh, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, Vicky and I went to this meeting, and it was in like one of their big halls, one of their big ballrooms. And uh, the guy, I'll never forget, he preached on spirit, soul, and body. And he preached that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. I'd never heard that before ever in my life. Uh, And he read scriptures, and I, man, it just, it was like an awakening when I heard that teaching. Then when the service was over, they said, uh, we're going to pray for people if you want prayer. And if you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we'd like to pray for you. And they dismissed the service, and they began to pray for people. Well, back in those days, those meetings were wilder than cat hair. Okay, they were just wild. I mean, uh, you know, people running, hollering, praying. I mean, they were, just, they were just wild meetings. And so people were praying for people, and there wasn't a lot of order going on in the meeting. <clears throat> and there was a guy standing by me, and there was another guy. And this guy came up, and he said, hey, pray for this person to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, I didn't know there'd be any Holy Spirit Okay, I want to stop right there, and I want to read Scripture to you. I'm going to read to you out of Acts chapter 19, verse 2. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then I'm going to pick up the story from there. Acts 19, 2. I'm talking about truth that changed my life. One of the most powerful things that changed my life and changed Vicky's life was when we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. The King James, the word is, since you believed. No, they replied, we haven't heard. There is a Holy Spirit. That's exactly where I was. The church I grew up in, I didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues, and they prophesied. Now, listen to me. I just want to be real candid with you. Okay, I don't, I don't know how you grew up. I don't know what you believe or what you don't believe. There's so many different beliefs concerning this, Okay. Lots of you grew up in churches, and you were taught you receive all the Holy Spirit there is when you get saved, and that there's no other experience outside of that except that experience. And I kind of grew up believing that too. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is the agent of the new birth. I believe that. And I believe that I have the Holy Spirit when I receive Jesus as my Savior. Okay, there's a group of people who believe that if you want the Holy Spirit, you have to wait for it. Okay, Uh, they call it tarrying. Okay, and the reason that I don't believe that's true is because Jesus told the disciples, go to the upper room and wait. It was the day of Pentecost. He said, wait. And he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll be baptized with the Spirit and with fire. Now, here's something Jesus said. Jesus said, John baptized in water. I'm going to baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. And he told them, go to the upper room and wait. Now, there's two interesting things about that that I want you to see. Here's the first thing. Jesus told them, don't leave until you get the Holy Spirit. So Jesus must have wanted them to want it. The second thing Jesus said was, it's better for you that I leave and go away so the Holy Spirit can come. Now, Kurt and I were visiting this morning. And imagine if I got up this morning and said, hey, next Sunday, Jesus will be here. And he's traveling through this area, and he's going to be here next Sunday, and he's going to preach in both services, and then we're all going to go down to El Camino and have lunch, and we're going to get to hang out with Jesus. It would be mind-blowing, wouldn't it? I mean, this place would be packed, right? I mean, people would come from all over because Jesus is going to be here. All right, Jesus said, it's better that I leave. It's better that I leave so the Holy Spirit can come. So the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And it says in the book of Acts, they received the Holy Spirit and they spoke with other tongues. And the Holy Spirit is here. That's why you don't have to wait for him because he's already here. So you don't have to wait for me to preach because I'm here. Amen? All right. Now, this message isn't supposed to scare you. This isn't weird. This isn't anything crazy. Uh, It's something that you can have. All right. Another thing people believe is, as well, that's only for special people like, like Pastor. Well, I admit I'm special. I admit that. Okay, I'm special, right? But it's for any believer that wants it. Okay, all right, you can have the Holy Spirit if you want it, and if you don't want it, it's okay. Now listen, uh, all you have to do to go to heaven is know Jesus as your Savior. That's it, okay? But there's a subsequent experience, and it's a free gift, and you can have it if you want it. All right, let me go back to my story. So they're praying for people and people are milling around and this guy's standing here and this guy comes up next to me and he says, I pray for this guy to receive the Holy Spirit. Before I could say anything, I put my hand on that man's chest. I mean, I don't know what to do. I'm a kid, right? I'm 21 years old. I'm just trying to get along, right? I don't want to be exposed, right? It's like attending a Catholic service and you're exposed as a Protestant, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, right? Y'all know. They get up, they have those trick plays to point you out. Don't they? Don't they? Right? And if they don't get you during the service, they sure get you during communion, right? And And they can tell who's who, right? Okay, I'm in this service and I don't want to get exposed. I don't want to be pointed out. So I just thought, okay. So I just reached out and touched this guy. And the instant I touched him, I began to speak in other tongues. The instant. Now, you'd say, Pastor, nobody prayed for you to receive the Holy Spirit. You're right, nobody did. Uh, But I can tell you this, I was hungry. I was in that meeting because I was hungry, and I wanted more. Now, listen, after that, the devil tormented me for months because he told me, you didn't really get the Holy Spirit because nobody prayed for you. And I had to resist that and overcome it. Now, I'm not turning there, but the Bible says that if us being natural know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to you? Now, I don't hear it much anymore, but there used to be a teaching years ago that, well, if if you want the Holy Spirit, you might get a devil or you might get something weird. And folks, that's just not true. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if you ask for the Holy Spirit, that you can have the Holy Spirit. So that night, Vicky and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Never happened to us before. Didn't, I didn't know that much about it. But it. listen, here's the thing. It absolutely changed our life. Now, I was embarrassed and she was embarrassed. What do you mean embarrassed? Well, we were embarrassed to speak in tongues. We would go home at night, get in bed, and cover up our heads like kids in bed, and I would say, you do it. She'd say, no, you do it. You do it. No, you do it. We would cover up our heads in the dark because we were embarrassed. And I would speak in tongues and she would speak in tongues with our heads under the cover. Because we, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what else to do. But that changed our lives. Now, I want to go to another scripture. I want to go to Acts chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. I'm talking about spiritual truth that changed our life. Listen to what it says in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, I want you to focus on the word power. Okay, that is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. Okay, it means explosive power, strength, or ability. Explosive power, strength, or ability. But you will receive explosive power, strength, and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What happens when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Here's what happened to me. I received a source of power to live the Christian life. Now listen to me very carefully. When Vicki and I got married, when I was in college, before we got married, before I dated, you know, I I was saved as a 12-year-old and went to church. And then I went to college, and I drifted away from church, and I drifted into the world and into our culture. And I was going to clubs, and I was drinking, and uh, I was dabbling in that, uh, going to bars. uh, And I did it for the same reason many of you did it, and many of you may still be doing it. I was trying to medicate my pain, and I was looking for life. That's what I was doing there. Well, then Vicki and I got married, and we continued to do it some. We continued to go to clubs. We continued to go to bars. We continued to drink because I was medicating my pain, and I was looking for life. I went to that meeting at the Holiday Inn. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I received power when the Holy Spirit came on me, and I never walked in another bar again. I left the bars behind. I left the world behind. I left alcohol behind because I did not need it ever again. Listen, I've never been tempted from that moment. That was in the 70s until now to go back into the world, to go see what the world's doing, to go hang out where they are. I've never been tempted to do it. You know why? Because my pain began to be healed and God empowered me to live the Christian life. Listen, now... I just want to be honest with you, okay? I don't understand people that have one foot in the world and one foot in church. I just don't. I don't understand the draw to the culture, to darkness, and to the world on the weekends, but then church on Sunday. I just want to be honest with you. I was absolutely transformed when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It changed my life, and we've never been the same. Now, our family were a little perturbed by it, a little disturbed by it. They didn't, some of my family didn't know about that. And here's what they thought. We know you're excited about Jesus, but you need to kind of just tone it down. Right? You know, you're going through a phase, and it's okay that you're going through this phase, but you ca- can you just kind of tone it down? Can you just kind of not be so excited about Jesus? But here's what I want you to know. <clears throat> it transformed us. It transformed us. Now, people say, well, when I receive the Holy Spirit, do I have to speak in tongues? No, you do not. You don't have to. You get to. Okay? Here's the second thing. You're not receiving tongues. You're receiving the Holy Spirit. And the New Testament evidence of that is you speak with other tongues. All right, I'm going to show you another verse. I'm going to go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 14. Listen to what it says. But those who drink the water I give will never thirst again. He's talking about the new birth. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Okay, here's the picture I want you to see this morning. When you invited Christ into your life, it's like a well, a bubbling well, an artesian well of living water on the inside of you. Jesus said it bubbles on the inside of you and it gives eternal life. what have we found out about eternal life? I have it on the inside of me right now if I know Jesus. Amen? See, what do we think about eternal life? Eternal life means later. No, it doesn't. It means right now. So I know Jesus is my Savior. I have that artesian well bubbling on the inside of me. Let me go to the next verse. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowd, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into glory. Here's what I want you to see. When Jesus ascended into heaven, Jesus went up. And the Holy Spirit came down, and the disciples went out. And Jesus said, don't you leave and go do what I've called you to do until you're empowered with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when you receive me as your Savior, you're going to have a bubbling well of life on the inside of you. But when I leave, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and then you're going to have rivers of living water. Now, here's what I want you to see. What's the difference between an artesian well and a river? Power. That's the difference. They're both life. That artesian well bubbles on the inside of you. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, see, we live after Jesus' ascension. He rose from the dead. He ascended. The Holy Spirit came down. And Jesus said, when you receive the Spirit, you'll receive power. It's the same word dunamis you'll have a river of living water in you. Now, here's what I want you to know. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning, it's it's the next step in your Christian walk. I'm saved as a 12-year-old. I know Jesus is my Savior. I drifted into the world, but then I went to that meeting and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you think to yourself I need something else, I need more, I want more, I'm hungry for more, the next step's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not weird, it's not crazy. We're not going to do anything to you this morning, all right? In just a minute when we finish, I'm going to dismiss, and if this is something that's stirring in you, I'd love to pray with you. It won't take five minutes. I can pray with you, and, I can, and you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But if you feel like, I don't know if I want to do that this morning, I would love to talk to you about it sometime. Now, I'm going to be gone this week to camp, but I'd love to talk to you about it sometime. Here's what else you can do. You can receive at home, and nobody has to touch you. All you have to do is go home and say, Lord, I want the Holy Spirit. Would you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? And he will do it. You can do it by yourself. You can do it here this morning. You can come to my office and visit with me about it. Here's what I want you to know. Here's here's the danger If you think, I don't know about this. Okay, here's the danger. One of the things the devil wants to do to us is get us to a place where, oh, I have to understand everything. And if I don't completely understand it, then I don't want it. Okay, there's times in your Christian life that you have to take a step of faith. Listen, God won't hurt you. You can trust God. He won't do anything to you to hurt you. He won't do anything to you to embarrass you. Okay, I won't either. I won't either. This will empower you to live the Christian life. Now, I know, I know in church, not just, not at our church, but in the, in the body of Christ, this can be controversial. And people think, I, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I can get up and preach on righteousness, and nobody's, nobody's bugged by that. But when you start talking about speaking in tongues, it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, man, pastors, right? Now, whether you know it or not, my wife, my children, my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law, we all speak in tongues, okay? So if you need to go someplace where people don't do that, you're not at the right place, okay? Now, now you know, we don't do it on Sunday mornings in the services, but, but we've all been baptized. Many of you have. I know many of you have. If your child has been to camp, they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, if your child comes to ground zero, some of them are doing this. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, mom and dad don't have it, but I do. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, if your child has come to ground zero, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, we do not pray with kids in power kids to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And here's why. Our number one goal in power kids is to make sure boys and girls know Jesus as their Savior. That's our number one purpose in power kids. Then when they go from the 5th grade to the 6th grade and they know in their heart of hearts that they know Jesus as their Savior, then the next step is then they hear the teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. On Wednesday nights in the beginning of the year, this next year, Kurt will teach on that and we'll have 40 or 50 students come forward to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the reasons they do that is because they haven't been taught not to believe. Let me say it again. They've not been taught not to believe. And a lot of times we've been taught. I thank God that I was not taught anything about the Holy Spirit. All right, let me tell you one story to close. And then uh, we'll pray and dismiss. At the Driscoll House one time several years ago, Don Schulte and I were praying for two men after our Wednesday morning life group. And they were interested in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And one of the men, if you asked him, what have you been doing? He, he would tell you that he'd been a drunk his whole life. Now, I'm not saying that. He said that. Right, Don? Right, so I'm not saying that in a disparaging way against this person. That's just what he said. He said, hey, I've been a drunk my whole life. The other person was raised in a denominational church. And if I told you the name of that church, you would know. Well, we prayed for both of those men to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the one that had been a drunk his whole life, he received instantly and quickly. And the guy who'd been raised in church struggled. Here's why. Because lots of times when we're raised in church, we think we're disqualified. Listen, if you know Jesus is your Savior, you are qualified to receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, not because of anything you've done or anything I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Amen? All right, so here's all I want you to know. It'll empower you. That, I would say, probably outside of us receiving Christ as our Savior. When, now, we stumbled into it. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, I went to the holiday end of that meeting because my grandmother wanted me to go. And if I could have got out of that place, I would have. But she was riding with me and I couldn't leave. Now, I'm serious. If I could have got out of there, I would have left in a heartbeat. But I couldn't get out of there. It's like, my Lord. Then people started praying and moving around. And I was looking for a corner to get into. And God found me. And I couldn't get away. So I, I'm, we're not going to do that to you this morning. We're not going to lock the doors, okay? But I'm telling you, if you're looking for that next thing in your life, uh, it changed our life, and it can change your life. All right? stand up and let's pray. <clears throat> now, here's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm just going to conclude in prayer just like I normally do, and then we're going to dismiss. And if you think, hey, Pastor, I'm interested in this, I'd love to meet you right down here at the front, and I'll pray with you. It won't take five minutes, and you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, and you will speak in other tongues. All right, Father, I love you. Lord, I'm thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we've been taught so many crazy things in church over the years in our lives. And we've heard so many different things, Lord. And and Lord, I just ask you this morning that you would break through our hearts. Lord, I pray for that person that's here this morning that is kind of on the fence and would think, "I, I don't know about this. Lord, they just trust you. Lord, we don't want to embarrass anybody. We don't want to hurt anybody. We're not going to. But I know that if they'll ask, you'll fill them. Lord, thank you for the truth of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that it changed my life. It changed Vicki's life. That we've never been the same because of it. And that it empowered us to live a Christian life. And we've not been drawn to darkness or to the world or had to go other places because we've been empowered by your Spirit. And, Lord, I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, I'm going to be right down here at the front. You're dismissed. If you'd like to talk to me, I'd love to talk to you.